When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Another episode of Ears Up Podcast. Where we sit around and spoon feed you opinions. Basically, yeah. I was going to say like Disney and history and knowledge, but it's mostly just opinions. Yeah, and that's fine, man. You know, what are you going to do? We're going to get back to some history and stuff like that. Um, You know, I want to do a little more armchair imagineering. You know, we want to get back to everything. It's it's been a crazy, you know, few six months or whatever. Uh, But we're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff. And, uh, you know, tonight, as a matter of fact... So I've talked on this show several times in the last eight months that I'm doing a um, a piece, Pyramid Eye of the Ears, right on uh, for for Patreon only, and it's like Ooh, kinda, I can't wait. Yeah, it's kind of a deep dive, um, you know, a conspiracy theory kind of thing. And there's a lot of conspiracies surrounding the Walt Disney Company and Walt, you know, specifically, like his cryogenic head. Yes, right, something like that. Um, like the first one was on whether or not Fantasia was really made by the government uh, for the MK Ultra project to brainwash children, like that kind of stuff, right? It um, is kind of brainwashy. If I mean, honest. I guess, yeah. So this one, the one I was going to do is on Walt and the Nazis because everyone goes, oh, Walt's anti- an anti-Semite and Walt was colluding with the Nazis. Like they kind of take that kind of stuff and go that route. They go, and Walt was a secret Nazi. Okay. So I did all this research, I recorded it, and then I kind of just didn't really like it, so I ignored it for like four months. Then I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back on that horse. I'm, gonna, I'm okay with where it's at. I'm going to release it. I'm going to finish editing it. I'm going to release it. So I pull it up. The middle is gone. I did like the, had the intro and like the last you know, 15 minutes, and that was it. The middle, the whole entire show is just done. So I like, said, did you forget to record it? No, I, I, no, I did it and I edited it. It was in the, my editing program. Oh. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I just re-recorded, re-recorded it, added some stuff. This is great. I don't know what's going on, but I, I, I like it. I'm okay with it. So I said, you know what I need to do? This is last week. I need to finish this. I need to finish this recording. I need to get this out. So I'm going to sit down and finish editing and I got to re- figure out where I was. So I pull up the, uh, the session in the editor program. Can't find it. The file's gone. Have no idea where it is. All my music is gone. I have no idea where that is, too. So I'm like, you know what? Okay, I, I'm not, I refuse to sit here and re-record it and do editing and all that kind of stuff because it, the, clearly the universe does not want me to actually record this and do, and do like a pre-produced 
segment. I can't do it. Yeah. So my plan is to do it like just kind of live, like a live presentation like we've done before. Um, you know, but I had some really funky music. I don't know. I was, I'm playing with that kind of stuff. Um, so I'll do that eventually. But what I'm going to do here for today is take a portion of that and uh, of, of that segment of that show and then, you know, read it here and just present it as a segment here. So it's basically when uh, Walt and his brother Roy went to Germany, did like a European vacation in like the mid 30s, I think. OK, there's a lot of controversy around why they went, why they really went, the secret reasons why they went. It's an interesting time of history to go there. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to be talking about. Eric just came back from Disneyland. Like from, today, oh, right? The Disneyland Resort. Yes. Yeah. Welcome, <laughs> Eric, to the Disneyland Resort and Spa. That's what they said when I walked yeah. in. That's right. And you're like, who are you? And like, I don't know. I am on a mixture of chemicals. Uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit to Eric about his trip. I, I have some questions about the parks, how they are now, that kind of stuff. But Eric went on a fact-finding mission, and we're going to be speaking a little bit about hotels and a little bit about, uh, you know, just kind of what the vibe in mid-March, no, April is. What's going yes, on there? That's the month. <laughs> and what, what we can expect. And we got a little bit of news probably, well, depending on, on how long the, the show goes. And then, of course, we have the secret show as well. So if you're a Patreon supporter, you can flip over to Patreon and get that link and, and uh, be ready for us at 930. So there you go. Anyway, excited about the show. Sounds good. Ooh, yeah, I think so too. Um, Eric, what's up, man? What? Oh, um hey. Let's just jump right into your thing, man. I'm tired of doing like our show plugs and stuff like that. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Nobody listens to those other shows yeah. that we have. Well, not even show plugs. I guess just, you know, like uh, go to the website. It's new. Oh, Leave a voicemail. It's cool. You, you know, that'll kind of go to Etsy. It's there for you. Lots when- of people ask about my churro shirt. So hopefully oh. that gets um, nice. one or two more sales. I don't know. That'd be great. So how was the trip, man? What's uh, you went down for work for concierge, correct? Yes. All right. It was a uh, it was a corporate retreat. Disneyland. <laughs> like I was thinking about this actually today. How somehow Eric found a way to work while at Disneyland, and I think yeah. that's pretty great. Yeah, sure, man. <laughs> yeah. And I well, assume it was like a kind of like a free trip because it was for work. I mean, you don't I mean, have to say, but like they I paid for your ticket. It. They paid for your ticket, right? <laughs> Who's they? Oh, concierge. Concierge. No. Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> well, that's all right, then. Okay. No. It's all right. Yeah, we got some goodies down there, and we had some good experiences, but... Um, good. It's a bonding yes, experience, I, and I'm sure I'm sure Michael bought you dinner. Unfortunately, Michael wasn't with. What? Although we did, we did, have, a, we did have a breakfast at the Plaza Inn altogether. Oh, that's Michael nice. Michael was the only person... On the entire team who didn't show up, but he's got some stuff going on. It's fine. We forgive him. Okay. Well, that's fair. He was in Disney World with his other <laughs> team, with his, with the team he likes better. Yeah. Right. The cool <laughs> yeah. team. Uh, neat, man. So how long were you there for? We were there. We all, well, most of us came down Sunday. A few people came down earlier or later. And our main experience was Monday and Tuesday. We went through Disneyland mostly on Monday and uh, DCA on Tuesday. And a few people shot up to Universal on Wednesday. Gotta do it. I, I ended up sitting that one out. I really mm. regret not going, but... Had you ever been to Universal? I've never been to Universal. Hollywood, oh, So I was brother. really looking forward to it. Why'd yeah. you sit it out? Yeah. Because after two days of walking, it was more physical activity than I have had in months okay. since the that's, surgery. That's fair, yeah. And Tuesday night, I went, I can't do it. And I woke up at, at 5 a.m. because we're trying to get there at... 
like the early hours for Super Nintendo Land. Okay. And, right, right, right. Uh, so we bought we bought it was like an extra 20 bucks to get into that and everybody was ready for it. And uh yeah, we'd have to leave at 6 a.m. And my body wasn't having it. I said, I'm sorry, I, I'm calling it off. And I went back to sleep for three more hours. Oof. So wow. you had tickets. You were ready to go. You wanted to go. You just couldn't do it. I Right. I okay. wanted to go. go and Got even it. with the money pressure behind it, like, I don't think I should be going up there. Smart. Well, I think that's very smart. I have a quick question, though. Yeah. If you went with the concierge team, who booked all your stuff? <laughs> I mean, well, you know, who, who are you going to text? Are you texting the person next to you? Like, can you give me a reservation at Carthay, please? Uh, we there was a lot of stuff going back and forth. Yeah, we, most of the we we had a lot of planning going into it. So a lot of the reservations we had is like the big team stuff, like Plaza Inn that was already done. We okay. had dinner at Cafe Orleans that was ready. Uh, we had two separate ta- tables of six and seven, and then uh, we did uh, Trattoria, One Country Trattoria, oh, nice. the next night and. All that was set up beforehand. So okay. that was our, our fearless leader and, and a few other folks on the team who were involved in that. Sounds fun. Fearless leader, meaning our, our, our newer fearless leader, Lindsay. Okay. And um, yeah, Bryn, Michelle. Uh, we, we, yeah, we had a, we had a, lot, of, a lot of people who were, who were um, you... on a lot of weight for this trip. All right. That sounds cool, man. Yeah. That sounds great. So my question to you is we've talked on the show a few times, mainly Jeremy. Uh, he, he sort of goes on record saying that he thinks that the influx of people to the parks is, you know, like post lockdown, uh, what did he call it? Like revenge travel or something like that. Revenge <laughs> oh, yeah. vacationing. Yeah. H- how do you think, I, I never really bought it. I'm just like, well, I mean, I guess sort of, but I don't think it's um, a conscious thing. People are just excited to get out and then it's Disneyland. So whatever. But what do you think that the park levels are like? Cause you've been a few times in the past couple years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. What about this time compared to last time? What? Tell me what the park levels are like. Is it is it wall to wall people still? Is it dying out a little bit? Is it a ghost town? Should we move in? What's up? <laughs> it definitely wasn't wall to wall people. The last time I went was in December, like mid December. So mm. we were ramping up toward Christmas. It was. I mean, okay. You expect it to be busy then anyway. Yeah. This time was anything but busy. It was Tuesday was the last day of food and wine, so it was hard to get into DCA. Okay. And when you say hard to get into, what does that mean? It means that the day before you could still get a park reservation to Disneyland, but not DCA. Ah, okay. Got it. Yeah. And the days leading up to it. It was, yeah, it, it was pretty full. Okay. But not crazy. Even at, at the peak of the day when everybody's walking around, there were just a few choke points. You know, that part of where like Buena Vista Street passes Avengers Campus, which you haven't seen, and then passes Cars Land. And there are all the kiosks along there, like yeah. the main entrance to that area. Yeah, that's that was the biggest, densest population. But aside from that, it was pretty easy to get around. It wasn't too bad. OK, either day. Um, Monday in Disneyland was fine on, unless you went into Fantasyland in the middle of the day. Of course, Fantasyland. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. No matter what, it's always seems like, uh, you know, there have been a few times we've been to the parks where it, it's like there's no one here. Let's you know, we're just walking around and you happen to cut through Fantasyland at like one oh. and suddenly the population doubles for yeah. just right. that hour or two and then they go away yeah. it's very yeah. odd i don't know where that comes from man oh yeah it was really manageable and we got onto a lot of stuff uh i mean our we all had park hoppers with genie plus so you know we were all ready for 
for that, but and we weren't there for rides necessarily. We did a lot of other training and and such, but it, the park the, the ride times didn't seem so bad. Mm-hmm. And we were able to get when we wanted to go on to a ride, we were fine with you know, single rider, radiator springs, middle of the day. We got on less than 20 minutes. Oh wow. Yeah. It was super quick. And that was after Not a bad. couple of genie pluses and yeah, we, we hopped around a little bit, but it was kind of easy. It was okay. one of the easier trips I've taken. Like ever. Oh. Cause I'm, I'm curious about how it compares, I guess, to like pre COVID pre lockdown, like when there were some days that were kind of, I don't know. Did, did it feel more like that? I don't know that I, I mean, I started going to Disneyland in 2016. Oh, yeah, that's true. So it was already picking up by then. I mean, 2019, every time I went was nuts. Every day was nuts. Yeah, which makes sense. You know, Monday, like Monday, sort of all that that weekend stuff kind of spills over now until Monday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were lightly talking about maybe going to the parks for the first time this year, later, like later in the winter. But doing like a Tuesday through Thursday kind of a thing, because that's going to be, I feel like the lightest amount of people in the parks is yeah. that like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, now Monday, mm-hmm. you're dead, dude. You're dead in the water. And your yeah. best day is Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday was fantastic. And I hear that today was pretty good too, Thursday. Mm. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. Very cool. So what else did you do? You went on, you did rides, you did all that kind of stuff, but you, you went on a fact finding mission. What happened? Yeah, we did a lot of tours of hotels. So I'm going to go through a few of the good neighbor hotels because we all know about the main three Disney hotels. Yeah. Um, Quick, quick recap. Grand Californian, still amazing, still big, still expensive. (laughs) Um, Disneyland Hotel, uh, still pretty amazing. Missing one restaurant, uh, Steakhouse 55 RIP. Mm. Is there anything in there? There's nothing there right now. There's nothing there. They have a whole restaurant empty. Because yeah. you know all that equipment's still there, all the all the the stoves and ovens and oh yeah stuff yeah. like that. Goofy's right? kitchen is still hopping right next door. Okay, yeah. Okay, um, but they're building the new tower there, the new DVC tower, and that's probably part of it. I don't know. Which we're going to be talking about. I have artwork that was released. Oh, okay. Like concept art. Ah, cool. So we'll we'll talk about that too. I don't know right. if it'll be on the secret show or not. We'll see. Okay. And then Paradise Pier slash Pixar Pier slash this hotel is just a box full of rooms without kitchens or pools. <laughs> but there's a back entrance to DCA. No kitchens or pool. There's no pool. The, the pool's closed as well. You go Ooh. to Disneyland or, or okay. Grand Californian for their pool. Yikes. I mean, I guess how many pools do you really need access to? You know? But you want the yeah. one that's at your hotel. You, you want the one that's at your hotel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, I guess. Darn. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's disappointing right now, but it is going through a lot of transition. There's a lot of construction going on. Yeah, uh, the paint job on it is looking cool. Hmm. Like it no like? longer is that that weird like odd yellow with the little surf on the <laughs> mm-hmm. top. Yeah, yeah. It's now this kind of pale, this pale blue that's so pale it's almost white. Mm-hmm. That really does make it seem less obtrusive. Hmm. Okay. Somebody said it looks like it's the Disneyland hotel in the background. And I, I was mm. down with it. It was, it was pretty cool. I, like that go away gray. They used to have tall things blend into the sky a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Like kind of. And then on the sure. ends, they have these primary color stripes that are neat. Like, like mm-hmm. the Pixar colors. Oh, okay. okay. 
And um, I, I really like it. I think it's going to turn out really well. Cool. So yeah. eventually it'll be, it'll be cool again. Sounds great. Again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. Um, it was cool enough before. Okay. I had, I, on, I had never been. I've only heard things. I stayed there for a week and it was fine. Okay. You survived. Yeah, exactly. So I'd like to go through some of the good neighbor hotels. Yeah, that's something we've never really hit on. So, yeah, let's talk about that. We'll start with the hotel that we stayed at this time, which is the Howard Johnson Anaheim. All right. It's kind of an iconic hotel outside of the parks. It's been there for quite some time, and they've done major renovations recently to lean into that retro aesthetic. In fact, I think their theme now or their like slogan now is retro family fun. Okay. (laughs) Hey, man. Um, They've got yeah. they figured it out. Oh, yeah. They figured it out because the, the shape of the hotel is so, so mid-mod. It's so mid-century. It's got all these little bumps and, and weird, like, seashell-looking things. Okay. I don't know if I like the... I, I appreciate that they're, that they're self-aware, but retro family, like, working into your tagline, I think, is a little... A little too self-aware for me. I don't know. It just, it seems a little, I don't know. It's pretty self-aware, but they did, they did put in a giant suite that was designed by Shag. Yeah. Did you stay there? Did you see it? Are you going to go there? I did not see it. I did not stay there. Mm. So we'll have to rely on the the YouTube videos for that one. But I mean, even in the lobby of the hotel, they have limited edition Shag art. Wow. They had, I think, eight prints that were all like number 15 out of 100. Okay. Really cool custom stuff. Um, I suppose semi-custom. There were 100 of them. <laughs> well, yeah, the, I mean, you know. In the rooms, they had interesting, um, like, Mickey Mouse art that wasn't just a standard, hey, it's Mickey. And then they had a print, another shag print in there of, in my room, it was of the um, the Columbia and people in, in sharp dress walking along the rivers of America. And it's not amazing. It like it. Nothing's going to completely blow your socks off, but it was comfortable furniture. The colors were interesting and cool. The carpet was cool. They had interesting furniture in the room. I mean, they had, I I stayed in a double queen that had a, like a couch with a table. And then these two little like stools, like carpet, not carpeted uh, (laughs) plush stools that you could pull out from underneath the TV and put there. So you could have had multiple people over and they had desk space. Hmm. So it was a, good. A, a pretty big room. Everything was very clean, very nice. I hear some of the rooms haven't been renovated yet and they're not quite as nice. Okay. But it, it was a lot of fun and it was affordable and it, it's really, really close. It I mean, sounds like it. The, the park view rooms, you can see the Matterhorn. Right. You okay. can see the monorail rolling by. Do me a favor. Remind me what a, what the good neighbor thing means. Oh, yeah. Good neighbor hotels are those hotels that are around the Disneyland area where Disney has partnered with them and adds them to a list if they meet certain criteria. Mm-hmm. If they offer a similar level of cleanliness that meets Disney standards, if they offer amenities and services that meet Disney standards, that's that's kind of it. Like they want it. They want you to feel like you're not staying in as um, our friend Dan Shaw would put it. I'm sorry. Uh oh. Uh oh. Now everyone's going to know. Oh, um, Dan, our friend Dan would yeah. put it. Sorry, Dan. I'm not editing um, that out, Dan. 
<laughs> he's not on any shows. He's just our friend. Right. Uh, a murder clown hotel. Like, Jeez. It's more than just we put a picture of Mickey on the wall. Like these places are clean. They're they're okay. friendly. It's well kept and it's close to the parks. And Disney has the right to come by and inspect them randomly. And they do. Jeez, and dude. if if you if you don't pass, you're not on the list anymore. And if you are on the list, then Disney can list you along your hotel, along with all these other good neighbor hotels on their main site. So you can book most of these rooms through the good neighbor program. And they're promoting through Disneyland.disney.go.com that I love simple URL. Right. And I see, cause I've always, I've always thought that you you see good neighbor and you're like, I'm good. I'm overpaying for this. It's a designation. I'm overpaying for it. I'm not going to do it, but it sounds like it's, it should be what you gravitate towards because yeah, Disney's known for that level of cleanliness in their parks and their hotels. And I'm sure it's spilling over to the good neighbors. Right. It's a, it's yeah, exactly. It's a level of service that you would hope to see around the area. And it's kind of that part of that pushback to say, we can't own everything around this resort, but we can tell people this one's better than that one. Okay. So, and and the Hojo is just down Harbor Boulevard just a little ways north. Like I said, it's it's directly across from the Matterhorn. If you're on that side of the hotel, you can see it. Okay. And they've got suites. They got regular rooms. It's great. I had a great time there. Cool. Bopping around the hotel. Uh, sir, are you staying here? No, I'm just really enjoying the aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I like it here. <laughs> yeah. So so that um, the, the retro cool suite, it's 1957 a stay and it's a two night stay. Oh, a minimum two night stay. I don't even think it's well, minimum. That's a savings. I, th- I think it's only two. I think you get two nights. Nineteen fifty, okay. like like $1,900. Yeah. So like a grand a so night. So it's like a grand a night. Yeah. No, nothing is worth that. Well, nothing. Absolutely see, nothing. There, there are hotels worth that. I don't think I would pay that. There are hotels just, worth a thousand dollars a night. Not in my book. Some. Yeah. No. Like what? Name one. Aulani. That's worth a thousand dollars a night. Sweet, sure. <laughs> if I had that kind Room's of money, 12. I absolutely would spend a thousand dollars a night on a room. Yes, but I think that when you have that kind of money, the f- things don't have any worth anymore, anyways. So I think, in my mind, the question is moot. Like for us, a thousand dollars to sleep in a room that you're only going to be there for while you're sleeping, and then you're out doing something, and I. You, for Disneyland, yeah, I wouldn't know, spend that. But, you know, like in, in a tropical paradise, I might save up for something like that because you spend more time in the room. At a tropical paradise? You're going to spend time in the room? <laughs> Take naps? No, <laughs> oh, man. Hang out? Nope, If nope. you have a nice balcony or give me a Give me a nice ocean. Motel 6. Please. I'm ready for you it. Can't, your back cannot handle <laughs> Motel 6 anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen the right. the, the, the grand suite at, at Alani, and that's probably $1,000 a night. I mean, if you're there with 12 people. <laughs> yeah, then it's cheap. Everybody give me 20 bucks. Yeah. That's not enough. Give me more. <laughs> you just rotate who's sleeping on the floor. Math. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so right. the Hojo. Let's do the it. Hojo. We did it. Good, cool. Good times. Okay. Next Next door is a fairly new hotel, the Courtyard by Marriott Anaheim. This hotel is pretty great. We had a, a tour of this one. I mean, standard hotel amenities, fitness center, pool. They've got a giant like splash pad swimming pool area. 
that looks like a lot of a lot of fun. Okay. They keep the pool heated and everything. See, the there you are... go. You got to keep the pool heated, man. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. stayed there before, yeah. Yeah, if you don't have a heated pool, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm out of there. <laughs> uh, the rooms were big. We went into a double king. Was it a double king? Uh, no, there, it was a double queen with a bunk bed. Oh, wow. And there was double floor space. Double queen with a bunk bed. That's made for a family. And yeah. two showers. Wow. wow that's... Dude. Yeah. What would that room cost you? What would that run you, do you think? Oh, I don't. Uh, you didn't. I, I'm not prepared for that. Uh, here, let's check availability on rooms. No, no, it's fine. You don't got to go through um, it. If it's a whole thing, you know, it's I don't a wanna, whole thing. I don't want to yeah, waste time filling time. That. That's okay. I just thought okay. maybe you would know off the top of your head. That's all. No, you, you know what? They didn't bring that up on the tour, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really nice. It's a fair, like I said, it's a fairly new hotel. It's next door to the Hojo, so it's slightly closer. To yeah, right. The theme parks. Sure. Two, uh, the two minutes sometimes makes all the difference with your, right. you know, your knees are swollen and your ankles <laughs> locked up. You're dragging that foot behind you. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And there's a Mimi's Cafe in the parking lot. <laughs> well, oh, well, there you well, go. Well, that's weird, but. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah you'd, you'd think they would be, they would have a restaurant <laughs> instead of just setting up in the parking lot like that. Uh, you can order stuff to it, I guess, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it was, it that was a joke. It was very way. nice. A little bit. I'm sure it's a little bit more than the Hojo just because it's a little bit newer instead of like renovated. Sure. But a very nice option. Very close by. If we head a little further down Harbor and then head across Disney way. So head further East. There's a hotel that I have also stayed at the Sun Coast Park Hotel Anaheim. It's technically a Hilton hotel. It's part of their like boutique hotel collection. Okay. It's not huge. It's this little hotel that's pretty close to the uh, the interstate, but it's just a li- it's still within it's still within a mile of Disneyland. Okay. Um, basically, you you kind of head past the main the main drag on Harbor. Yeah. And just go another block down, and there's this little hotel. It was really nice. The rooms were very affordable. Uh, big pool, big heated outdoor pool. Yeah, there we go. Um, on-site bar, uh, really clean, very nice rooms, fairly recently built. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. It was really well done and kind of one of those off the off the main main drag sort of things where okay. people don't necessarily realize it's there. Okay. It's a very affordable option that's a little bit of a further walk, or you can just wait for that shuttle. Um, but that costs money, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The shuttles. Doesn't it? It's like two bucks or seven bucks or something like that. Because we took one one time from the Marriott down the way. Yeah, I know they used to be free, and then they stopped being free, and we were like, oh, well, I guess we're just walking. Yeah, it depends on the location. Some mm-hmm. of them do have okay. a complimentary shuttle. Like, we'll get oh, to okay. the Candy Cane Inn that has a complimentary shuttle still. They have their own service. Okay. Um, but cool. yeah, I'm not seeing a complimentary shuttle because I just walked. It's not that much further. That's fine. What you a mean, fun little option. Yeah, you guys didn't take a car. You had to walk this whole way. Man, <laughs> I don't know about that. We had a few locals that drove cars. I, um, But who wants to drive from the Hojo completely to the opposite <laughs> end of the resort <laughs> okay, and yeah. take a tram after spending $30 yeah. on a parking space? That's true. That's true. Uh, All right. What else you got? Okay. There is also um, further down Harbor past the main entrance. 
past Disney Way is the Anaheim Hotel, which is another classic hotel in the area that's been refurbished recently. This one is more of a motel, but it's old enough that they had called that that's before they really called them motels. It's uh, it's a hotel. Uh, we had another tour of this this location. The cool thing here, great little bar in the front area. It's another retro aesthetic sort of place and it's kind of a clean new take on retro, so it's not really in your face, but you could tell the colors and some of the design aesthetic is there. Okay. Cool. Uh, they've got a pizza place next door that does breakfast, and um, after breakfast is done, they switch over to pizzas, and they have pizzas late. Mm. Ooh, that's um, always nice. Yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah, they've they've got these rooms. If you're on one of the exterior rooms, they've got a massive patio. Ooh. Like the type of patio and deck that you you would have on an apartment building. Oh. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like it extends like twelve feet out from the, the area. It, wow. it goes that's across the entire be. room. Yeah, that's how it's great. fenced. Yeah. It looks it's great. There's seating, there's you know, a flagstone area, there's a little bit of greenery and plant life. Oh, plant life everywhere in this hotel. It it's great. And it just it's almost finished with its um renovations. They've been working on it for a while. Big pool, giant pool. The the tour guide said that it was the, or the hotel manager said it was the largest pool in the Anaheim area. Ooh. Wow. And it's a pretty big pool. And they do movies by the pool during the summer and everything. Um, if you are staying on one of the interior rooms, you don't get a you don't get a patio, but you do get a room large enough to hold two king sized beds. Ooh. Wow. What's yeah. the name of this hotel again? The Anaheim Hotel. The Anaheim, the Anaheim Hotel. Okay. Wow. Yes, it's been there since the '60s, clearly, and it, it they've done a great job of renovating this. Wow. Um, See, when I when I hear about old hotels renovating and still being cheap, it just makes me think of all the other hotels that are wildly overpriced. <laughs> it, you know, it sort of highlights the 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 price increases. Mm-hmm. You know, for the for the area. Yeah. I don't know. No, it, it uh, it's apparently still very affordable. It, it's right next to you. Remember where where uh, Tony Roma's is? Sure. Oh yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's like, like down past the CVS a little bit before that Marriott, before the convention center parking, I think, or something like that. Maybe I'm no, no, no. This is the maybe. There's another Tony Roma's. If you if you leave the main, if you leave the Harbor Boulevard gates of Disneyland, yes, you take a right, right. It's like a block away. On the far side of the street, so the, the other away. side of Harbor. Okay, it's close. All right, it's really close. All and right. to me, that's uh, like three blocks away. But that's <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's fine. It's a, fine. It's fine. Maybe it's a few blocks. I All don't right. know the area that well, but still, sure. really walkable. All very right. close. Yeah, and um, yeah, nice. Cool. Okay, I love Heading it. That sounds for, cool. Yeah. Heading further down Harbor, there is the Candy Cane Inn, which has been around for. Also, quite a long time, mm-hmm. at least forty years, Taryn. At least, at least that long. <laughs> Probably, I hear that. I'm guessing there's a joke in there somewhere. I don't know. Uh, yes, oh. we revealed. I think it was maybe on a secret show. Maybe that's why nobody knows. But uh, that's where Taryn's parents rented a room and created a Taryn in one of the rooms. Ah, and okay. they have they have the receipt <laughs> for the hotel. Yes, the room. <laughs> and so we like they know the room number. Okay, I do remember like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, oh gosh, very well, special, yeah. magical hotel. That's right. Yes. Yeah, it has also been very extensively renovated in the last couple of years. It was down for a long time mm. and just recently reopened. It's still a very small boutique hotel. It's kind of on the like pricey not even side, right? Rooms. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little more expensive. Because yeah. we've looked at staying there a couple times before, and it's like, oh, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it, I mean, the grounds look fantastic. It's a cute I, hotel. It looks, like, it looks yeah. like the coolest. Every time we, we walked by it, we'd be like, man, this is a cool-looking hotel. Yeah. Yeah, it's for, you think Candy Cane Hotel, and then you think that it's going to be, like, like one of those actual candy canes and it's, it's going to be all chintzy and <laughs> or like weird. one of those hotels you see on like uh, movies about Vegas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With like a heart shaped bed or something like that, which oh, yeah. actually would make me probably want to stay there even more. Yeah. <laughs> they do have a complimentary shuttle. They have complimentary um, breakfast. They've got fitness center. I mean, it, one of the downsides to the Hojo is it doesn't have a fitness center. If you're into fitness mm. as Jimmy was, very into fitness and said, they don't have a fitness center here. And I said, I, I don't care right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who is working out when they go to Disneyland? Like, I, that in and of I like to go a for workout. a run. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I used to go for a run all the way around the resort, which is about a 5k. <sighs> no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm, you're no. walking all day already, man. Yeah. You, you're yeah. getting enough exercise. Yeah. I, I used to be in shape, you know, what, what can I say? Uh, but yes, still that complimentary shuttle. That's not being in right shape, Eric. That's just, that's just bragging. <laughs> <laughs> that's just showing off okay. i mean i have yeah. to well, agree yeah i can't show off anymore because after See? two days i went i gotta i gotta go to bed <laughs> that's what you get that's called karma <laughs> no more no more yeah. liquor at the hearthstone i'm going to bed <laughs> but yeah it looks really great it's been around for a long time and it's right there on the corner you keep going a little bit further and then head down uh oh catella yeah you gosh go. i was blanking Head down Catella, past the big CVS on the corner of Catella and Harbor. Yes. There is a large Marriott that, um, it's a courtyard by Marriott, where we stayed on one of our Supreme Resort Supreme Cons last year? Yeah, mm-hmm. last year. And it's it's massive. It's very nice. They've got a great restaurant. They've got a little marketplace that's open all day. The pools looked great. They've got a little bar in the lobby, of course. The rooms were huge. I stayed in a studio that was still two rooms. Jimmy and um, one of our other co-hosts stayed in a very large two-bedroom suite where we recorded a whole podcast there. We had multiple people over and had a living room to record a podcast in. Sounds great to me. Fantastic. It Maybe not the best park views, I suppose, Mm. but... Uh, it very comfortable, very nice, very new, tons of stuff nearby, and not a very long walk. You know, I'm okay with not having park views. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like as as cool as the park is at night, the park view that you get isn't great. No, and it's the back, yeah. especially on that side, it's the backside of Cars Land. It's scaffolding. Yeah, you're looking, yeah, you're looking at Guardian's Tower. Yeah. Which is cool. Right, exactly. If you want park view, it's going to be high and on the the Tomorrowland side where the Hojo is. Yeah. But do you want higher than that? You know what I mean? Or at the (laughs) Disneyland Hotel or the Grand California. That's where you go if park views really matter. But otherwise, I just don't care about it. It's not a selling point for me. I would rather comfy room with, uh, you know, uh, that's it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. A good bed. Yeah. 
Yeah. If you're going to be a little bit further away and most people really hit the parks hard, I understand. I get it. That's not me. I like to go back to the hotel room for a little while, but that's my, I don't know. You think the way I approach the parks. Yeah. Yeah. If we go, when we go with Alice, I think we're going to, we're going to carve out the middle part of the day to go back to the hotel room and eat and nap, I guess, or just kind of hang out or whatever. By then. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. It'll be November-ish, so. Well, then the heated pools. (laughs) Kids love heated pools, don't they? And so do Jason's. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That was my quick tour of the Good Neighbor Resorts. There are tons more. Love it. If you look at the website, they're all rated by how far they are away from the resort. Okay. And that's kind of a good indicator. Do you? I know Bev talked about this on multiple episodes. How far do you want to walk? Yeah. Right. If if it's going to hurt you to get to the parks, you're going to pay a lot less. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, but, part of me sometimes thinks about just parking at Disney. Like you get a hotel three miles away and just driving. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like it just it depends uh, mm-hmm. on, on your cost to mile ratio. Yeah. Right. If that's the case, then, yeah, why not drive a few miles and pay 30 bucks for the day? Right. Totally. Yeah. You know, but then is that worth it? Anyway, thanks, Eric. That You're welcome. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit of uh, 1930s history with Walt and Roy hanging out in Germany, hanging out in Europe. What were they doing? Were they embracing their secret Nazi, you know, whatever? No. So we'll find out uh, after this. Hang on, everyone. Don't go anywhere. It's ears up. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And now, back to the show that ignites your dream wish of imaginations and magical color wonderment of forever. Ears up. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, specifically to you. (laughs) I'm a flight risk. Yeah. I'm tired. Speaking of uh, being tired of flight risks or something like that uh summer is right around the corner but if you're in the bay area it feels like it hit two days ago because it is blistering outside it's here but our friends at the 21st amendment are celebrating the return of the warmer days with their popular and everyone's favorite seasonal beer hell or high watermelon wheat the brewers at the 21st amendment brew an american wheat beer with real watermelon juice creating a refreshing fruity and quenching beer or what they affectionately call Summer in a can. And it is r- real watermelon juice. It's not flavoring. And I remember when Sully was working on this recipe before it was like a nationwide hit, um, that was, he was adamant about it. Yeah. Real watermelon juice. It's because he, he's like, I could save money doing flavoring. It's not oh, yeah. the same. It is no. absolutely not the same. Watermelon flavor is gross. Yeah. It might as well be bubblegum flavor. Yeah. I oh, think Charlie that was the Rancher, problem. It, yeah. it tastes too. Uh, too uh, artificial. Yeah. And but this is not that. Like you think of, you know, nowadays you probably think of like, oh, watermelon seltzer or whatever. It, no, that's not it. It is very much watermelon juice. Yeah. Well, and that that beer is actually what got my dad into home brewing. Um, because my dad really liked the watermelon wheat beer, and that's he cool. wanted to make it with 
fresh watermelon as well. And then that's how why he started going to more beer and met you. Oh, nice. And why I eventually met you as also. Yeah, well, look, we can turn back time. Uh, Hell or high watermelon wheat will make any weekend barbecue or beach time activity that much better. When visiting the California Bay, be sure and stop in at the 21st Amendment's San Francisco Brew Pub at 563 2nd Street, just two blocks from where baseball is played. It's the Giants Park, by the way. And also be sure to visit their brewery tap room just across the bay in San Leandro with an outdoor beer garden. And if you go and you get uh, watermelon wheat on tap, they put a little watermelon slice on the glass for you. Like a, you know, like a lemon or a lime or whatever, but it's a watermelon slice. And it really does add to it. I love it. Yeah. All right. All let's right. go on vacation with the Disneys. What do you think? I think I would like to do that. I yeah. More Disneys. Know. So this is my Walt and the Nazis, you know, Pyramid of the Eye of the Ears. The first part of this, I sort of spend setting up what Europe and what Hollywood was like in the 30s. Okay. You know, we're just before World War II, you know, a couple years here and there. Um, and, you know, even in the 20s, the film industry started to be very uh, controlled by uh, Hitler and the, and the Nazi party and then the German government and all that kind of stuff. And Germany was a lifeline to American filmmakers because they were, they were buying so much. The theaters in Germany were showing more American films than Europe combined. Wow. So it was a really big thing. And then everything sort of, you know, went downhill and um, a lot of film companies pulled out so there were only really two or three big film companies left because they already had the infrastructure uh, okay. so they wanted to try really hard to get films into germany that's where they had to go and okay. you sort of run into this thing online where it's like well that's that proves that walt was in with the nazis because he was doing business with them but on the surface you can take that comment right in a forum online and be like, oh, yeah, dude, for sure. Walt, yeah, absolutely. But it makes make sense, I guess. But if you look at the broader spectrum of things, everybody was trying to get into bed with Germany to get films back in, to get films approved. So what was happening was the, the German film board was basically just um, you know, banning films, just saying you can't come in. This is, or, you know, or, or, or better yet, they were providing cuts. So they would have the representatives over here go to the – the big film firms watch their movies, go on set, read their scripts and say, this comes out, this comes out. This doesn't really portray Germans in the proper way. Or more importantly, this portrays the Jewish people in a positive light. And we don't want this. Hmm. So cut this out or your film won't be shown in Germany. And they did it. MGM did it. Paramount did it. Right. Um, I don't think Walt ever went that far because his works weren't really that polarizing. Um, the famous one was uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, which I think was in 1930. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was like it banned from Germany until the guy made cuts, and he did, and it was shown in Germany again. And it was like, mm. whatever. Uh, and that sort of led, you know, led, led everything. So Interesting. Yeah, the Hollywood at the time. Not great. Was not great. No, it was not great. It was very <laughs> I mean, odd. And it's, I, it's shaking hands with the devil right there. It, right, exactly. So what are you going to do? You make a buck or are you going to stand on principle? In, in, in my oh. opinion, I know what I would do. But uh, anyway, so I go through all of that, like why the Germans really didn't like Mickey Mouse in the first place. Um, you know, Lenny Reifenstahl coming over and getting a tour of the studios, just all this kind of stuff. So for me, I think it's super, super interesting, but maybe not to everyone. But... Part of all that, so you have the, all that set up, 
Hollywood was a pain in the ass for Walt. Uh, but you know, we talked about the studios being taken over by the government mm-hmm. for World War II as yep. Pearl Harbor hit, and we did all that. It's the same kind of thing. If if Pearl Harbor didn't happen, the the studios probably wouldn't be around. They probably would have gone bankrupt. Okay. You know, he almost went bankrupt several times in his career, and this was this would have been one of them. So. You know, right about now, they're heading over to Europe. Walt, uh, Roy thought Walt needed a vacation. Some people said he had a nervous breakdown. Walt? Yeah. Oh. Because he had so much pressure because he, I mean, he was trying to do groundbreaking things. He knew what he wanted to do, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't afford it. It was bankrupting his company. Okay. Oh, yeah, because it's the 30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they took a break. Okay. Okay, so this segment of that show is is called uh, Disney, The Disney's Do Europe. (laughs) In the summer of 1935, in the middle of working on Snow White, Walt and Roy Disney embarked on a two-month European grand tour. Imagine, two months in Europe. I think it's a perfect amount of time. When we go to Europe, it'll be for two months. For two months? Yeah. I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I I can't imagine making two months of mortgage payment and also being in Europe. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out. Along with their wives. Walt was a notorious workaholic, which is the main reason Roy had talked him into the European trip in the first place. Walt had already suffered what was then called a nervous breakdown in 1931, and Roy wanted to prevent another one. But both men knew that a good percentage of their time in Europe would be more than just a pleasure trip. The Disney organization already had offices and distribution rights in Europe. Mickey Mouse and Disney were very well known and popular in Europe, and at the time, despite the off-again, on-again relationship Germany had with Mickey Mouse. And besides the tourism, the Disney brothers had people to see and things to do, and, more importantly, books to buy. As Dieter Guess writes in his book about the trip, quote, The impact of Walt and Roy Disney's 1935 European adventure would be felt in multiple ways over the following three decades. In the movies Walt produced in the artists he hired, and in the ideas he used in the design of Disneyland. While in Munich, they attended a screening of Disney shorts and attended a convention of the Reichfilmkammer, which uh, is the, the German film regulatory board. Okay. The Reichsfilmkammer. And then supposedly were flown to Berlin to meet with representatives of the government. Now, I say supposedly, no records of this meeting have survived if they existed at all. So we don't really know who Walt met with, or why, or even if it's true. Joseph Goebbels, who was a notorious note-taker, didn't mention the meeting in his diary, so it's unlikely he or Hitler met with Disney. So that's part of people point to online where it's like, well, Walt flew to Berlin to meet with people. And so, you, you know, who are you going to meet with? You're going to meet with Hitler. He went to meet with Hitler. He meant to meet with Joseph Goebbels, you know what I mean, who was like the propaganda minister in the Nazi party. Right. Yeah. Before they really got, before, before they, they really, really got, figured out what was going on. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, yeah, for sure. I was going to say before they got bad, but they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, they've been bad since the twenties, man. Yeah. And so, you know, it, we don't even know it happened. There's no record of this actually happening, but you know, that's what people are going to say. Okay. So Goebbels wasn't a notorious note taker. Uh, he, took notes on what he gave out for Christmas presents every year. He, oh my goodness. So we have Actually, a record. I do that too. <laughs> we have a record of what he gave to Hitler, Christmas presents. And, okay. and and one of the Christmas presents, I forget which year, was 18 Disney films. Okay. So it's like if this happened, it would have for sure been taken down somewhere in anybody's yeah, notes, you right? Yeah, you would think. Yeah. yeah. 
But this is another rumor that has lived on via the internet. And, uh, you know, it sort of points to Walt's supposed political leanings, even though we know he didn't really have any. He was a patriot. He loved the U.S., but you can love the U.S. and be apolitical, I suppose. You know what I mean? You don't have to be affiliated with a, a political party to love the country. You know, it's just that's okay. Yeah. Anyway, as uh, they drove through Upper Bavaria and they came close to the New Schwatstein Castle. I know I'm butchering that and I don't care. Oh, that, I know. I know what that one is. Oh, oh, I know. Which would later serve as the model for the castle <laughs> at Disneyland. I knew that. But they never got closer than the city of Kempton, which is a mere 27 miles away. The castle, which later became one of the many storehouses for art the Nazis plundered during the war. I never knew that. Hmm. What, so apparently uh, the, the Nazis had a bunch of stash houses throughout the country. And so they would take all these plunderings and just, you know, put them here, put them there, put them wherever, hmm. right? Instead of one central, you know, area. So the fact that Walt traveled to Bavaria and came close to the castle but didn't go to the castle, even though he ended up taking uh, inspiration from the castle to design his own castle, sticks out somehow to conspiracy theorists as proof that Walt was trying to mask his true intentions on his European jaunt by taking inspiration from a landmark that he never even visited. Wait, okay. Hmm. Exactly. I mean, it's reaching. You, okay. you don't have to That's stick your head. Reach. You don't have to stick your head up a butcher's ass to admire a steak or something. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's super reaching, but this is this is what the internet does. Mm-hmm. It makes you reach. You bake these crumbs, yeah. and you get a thing. And it's like, oh well, of course he's in with a Nazi party. He took as inspiration for his you know vision, his pride and joy, right? His peace de resistance. The inspiration was this basically nazi landmark Mm -hmm. oh yeah okay or he just like architecture and he you know what i mean like there's a simpler answer castle yeah right 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 right, and it was also 20 years later so it's not like he went back and sketched it and was like yep there it is and this is why (laughs) yeah it's very weird man but uh you know like i said that's what the internet does to you it makes you weird On July 19th, it was time to catch the train to Rome. There, they were greeted by Luigi Freddi, head of the General Directorate of Cinematography. But the enthusiastic reception in Rome was chaotic, and another... Another C? What? The hell did I even say there? (laughs) And another point for the, quote, Walt is a fascist sympathizer rumors. Now, many people link this trip to Rome with Walt not only meeting the Pope, but having dinner with... None other, th- none other than Benito Mussolini. Mm. Was, yeah, supposedly Walt met with Mussolini, who was only months away from invading Ethiopia at the time and starting what is now referred to as the Abyssinian War, committing countless atrocities on the African people. In Rome, they were treated well, but there was no meeting with the Pope and none with Mussolini. The Disneys did see St. Peter's Cathedral, and they did have lunch with Mussolini's wife, son and two daughters at Via Torlini, but the Pope was not even in Rome at the time. And uh, so people will link this with, uh, oh, they had dinner with Mussolini. He wasn't mentioned, but his family was there. So he must have been there. And then Mussolini and Hitler were part of the axis of evil or whatever. So this is another, this is another fork in the road. This is another proving point. But did, did Disney have, did he actually have dinner with the family of Mussolini? Yes. 
It's a little weird. It's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> and so every good conspiracy theory has a, a little factoid in it that is like, that is weird. Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of draw it out. Uh, well, I mean, famous people come to town and the family of the the ruling class. Yeah. Right. Say, yeah. I want to have dinner with Walt Disney. Hook it up. Come on, husband. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. at the time, I you know, I think Walt's just trying to hustle anybody for a buck. And how do we right. know that? That he wasn't there. How do we know he was there? Well, oh, I, Mussolini, I, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I thought that you said that he. Oh, um, it was his family. I, I don't know. These are are uh, well researched. Okay. So, hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know, but we can assume, right? Okay. Um, so as far as ties with Mussolini and Hitler, uh, those two at the time had a very poor relationship, and the Germans even supplied arms to Ethiopia in order to help repel the Italian invasion. Now, to say Walt favored fascists, that's a big thing too, right? Walt, this is kind of a fascistic kind of guy, is it, painting with a pretty broad brush. Mussolini founded the National Fascist Party in Italy and actively worked to spread fascism across the globe even before World War II. What the Disney family was doing, dining with anyone even related to Mussolini, is odd, but using a dinner as proof of anything other than digestion seems ill-willed. <laughs> and that's all it is. But one could argue, if one was so inclined, that Walt had some fascist leanings. When Walt began working on Disney World, one of the more lofty dreams he had was that of the utopian concept called the Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, or Epcot which is not the theme park we know today, of course, with its hideous barges, which are no more. This is when I wrote this, huh? Wow, it's been a while. long ago. Overexposed IP placement and large swaths of unshaded concrete. But it was to be a city of the future, not unlike the fascist model of government employed by Italy or Germany in the 30s, a place where slums would not be allowed to develop. It would include a prototype municipality, an airport, an industrial park, Walt's vision was to cultivate a community of the future designed to, wow, it's a fast scroll, designed to stimulate American corporations to come up with new ideas for urban living. It was to be a place where unions would be prohibited, democracy non-existent, and social security merely a laughable notion. The concept is now gaining tangible influence in privately gated communities guarded by their own security forces. You're talking like an HOA or something, right? Walt Disney himself said about the project, quote, There will be no landowners and therefore no voting control. People will rent houses instead of buying them and at modest rental prices. There will be no retirees. Everyone must be employed. So, you know, okay, yeah, sure. But I don't say I wouldn't call Walt fascist by any means, you know? Uh, fascist okay. states. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was just musing, like, well, We'll get more into this late. We've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. Yeah, for sure. Is his deep, deep mistrust of anyone related to unions. Yes. Yeah. He did not labor bad. Yeah, absolutely. Most businesses feel that way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's not alone, especially large businesses. Well, And Epcot, the original plan for Epcot is far closer to communism than it is to fascism. No, well, communism is like basically everybody. The workers own the the method of production, and and this is like you don't own anything; you just work, which I think is more fascist mm-hmm. than 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 not. You have no choice; you have no say in anything. You just work, and the corporation reaps the benefits. Interesting. That's not how I 
viewed it. So that's inter- that's an mm. interesting take. Yeah. Fascist states of the 1930s and 40s utilized this communal approach to nationalizing land, resources, and labor to benefit the nation state as well as the despots who controlled them rather than the citizens. Or they would benefit certain citizens over others. Now, these practices created an anti-democratic police state and societies in which the people were expected to labor diligently and give back to the state institution. Instead of using national socialism, Disney wanted to utilize his prominent and unregulated role in bloated American capitalism to gain more power over land and people. That's what you know people are saying, basically. I don't know. I think it's a little uh, weird, but... At least that's one way to interpret it, right? Now you could draw, yeah, you could draw parallels between Epcot and most form of government rule. It doesn't make Walt a fascist, right? I think that term is used a bit too often on the internet these days, especially, and it's more of a conversation stop than like a leveled accusation. I think it's more of something that people just say Walt is a fascist, and that's kind of it because those people don't want to talk about anything, right? Nothing about Walt seems fascistic. Controlling, sure, yeah, right. But on the same level as Mussolini, I I don't, yeah, come on now. Throughout their European trip, Walt was hard at work, diving into bookshops and looting the fairy tale mines of Europe. Walt brought back or shipped a total of 335 books that he had purchased during his vacation. Yeah, of those, almost half were bought at bookstores in Germany. Many of the books bought elsewhere, and there's a total, 90 in France, 81 in England, 15 in Italy. Who kept track of this stuff? It's so oh, I'm weird. sure he had his assistant or, you know, I mean, they're writing, all they got to do is write stuff. You know, I know, but like, where do people find this? It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, also had to do with German topics, fables, fairy tales, Wagnerian operas, and illustrations by noted European artists. All 335 books were archived by Helen Josephine DeForce, whom Walt had hired as the very first Disney librarian in anticipation of his plan to use the European trip to fortify the Disney library. Wow. So he's like, I'm going to go on this trip. I'm going to buy all this junk. Helen, get in here. Figure this out while I ship you books. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Overall, the trip was lucrative for Disney. Besides all the copyright-free fairy tales, the Disney studios turned many German-language novels into animated and live-action films. Bambi, Emile and the Detectives, The Parent Trap, the Shaggy Dog and Swiss Family Robinson were all based on books by Austrian, Swiss, and German authors, most of whom received little or nothing for the rights. <laughs> I mean, look, dude, they're copyright free. What are you going to do? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Hey, uh, nobody owns this, but here's the last person to translate this. I'll give you a couple bucks. No, man. Yeah, no. By the way, this is very interesting. All right. Well, that's good. We're winding up. <laughs> With the modern invention of the internet, social media, and gotcha comments for clout, these rumors of Nazi being, or Nazi, <laughs> these rumors of Walt being a Nazi or a fascist <laughs> or, or both uh, persist. It's far easier to repeat an accusation online rather than engage in a beneficial discourse. Don't like the Disney company? By all means, go off. But calling Walt a Nazi sympathizer or an anti-Semite because you don't like Disney World or something the CEO says, well, that's just dumb. There are countless reasons to dislike the Walt Disney Company. In fact, you can point to the suppression of the native Uyghur people in China and make that run parallel to with Disney's desire to do business in Germany in the 30s, despite the wide reporting of the atrocities to the people there. I mean, uh, they actively had uh, concentration camps pre-World War II, but Walt was still trying to do business there. So, you know, what are you going to do, right? 
The parks are uh, uh, corporations often have the power to change the world, but their desire to make money tends to outweigh the morality of its fan base. The parks are full, reservations are selling out, and times are good for the Disney company, despite what the stock says. As the biographer to Mark Davis, Amid Amidi, put it best when he said this, quote, No respected Disney historian has ever uncovered evidence that Walt Disney was racist. And goodness knows we've digged in every corner. There is evidence that Walt uttered politically incorrect remarks in a less sensitive era and long before the concept of political correctness ever existed. However, after thousands of interviews with his employees and an immense paper trail, zero evidence has surfaced that he engaged in discriminatory acts against any individual based on race, ethnicity, color, religion, or sex. It's safe to say at this point that as a visionary futurist, Disney did not believe in running his company or behaving in a racist manner. That's, a, that's the full quote. Disney's biographer, Neil Gabler, notes that, quote, Though Walt himself, in my estimation, was not anti-Semitic, Nevertheless, he willingly allied himself with people who were anti-Semitic, and that reputation stuck. He was never really able to expunge it throughout his life. Walt wasn't really naturally successful. I like to think he wasn't really a genius, but, you know, I've been uh, hated on for saying that, so maybe we'll just move on fast. He was a driven man. He failed numerous times, almost went bankrupt even more times than that, but it was on the backs of the people he hired that he succeeded. He knew how to foster talent, and that made him a great leader of people. But he was only just a human person and one driven for profits in a time when his business was, again, at risk of failure. And I think it's hard to know who you're getting in bed with business-wise, and I think it's even harder to pull back and see the bigger picture even now. Walt was doing what he could to make his business succeed. Walt was short-sighted at best, doing business with Germans, but he most definitely was not a Nazi sympathizer. That's sort of it. I think that that's good. And it it sort of parallels in a way how Disney, well, how your best friend over there, former CEO. Oh, yeah. Bob Chapek. <laughs> I wonder what that guy's doing. I should give him a call. How him not making a statement almost made him in cahoots with DeSantis, right? Yes. And then they backtracked, which I think was a good thing, but it it almost parallels that in 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 the way that a business is still trying to do business it's still trying right. to keep relationships going and then sometimes you go oh that's not the person i want to do business with yeah it's it's very much um you know they they sort of stay out of politics i mean they donate to political parties and you know everybody does and you know questionable you know candidates whatever but they sort of maintain silence and mm -hmm. i you know i don't think i don't think chapek should have gotten that the uh the storm that he got by not saying anything of course he's not going to say anything that's not his that's not his job i don't yeah. want him to say anything i want my right. ceos to not say anything i want the but people Iger made a made made a lot of good news by by doing just that yeah. yeah i want i want the will of the people to determine in that for, for this example, in that state, I want the people of Florida to be mad. I don't. I don't need the CEO of a company that I enjoy being mad about it. I, I really don't. I don't need it. No, you don't need it. I think though, the people for the cause need stronger people to speak out for them because their voice doesn't get heard. Kind of thing. Yeah, so I, potentially. I, I, but I guess. I guess my point is, I. I. I was okay with him not saying anything. 
because you run an entertainment company. Like, it's not, I don't know. That's yeah. just me. You know, maybe that's wrong. I, I, I don't know. But where was all this outrage when, I mean, it was here for a little bit and then went away when, uh, when they shot the live action Mulan in China near these concentration camps that the Chinese government is putting like the, the uh, native Muslim population and I think some Christians in there too. Where, was, where did that go? The, the thing with DeSantis is that he's just he's a little worm. And so he's just trying to like score points. That's why this thing is drug out for so long. He's trying to score online points or he's yeah. trying to, you know, whatever he's trying to do. But normally this would have blown over by now. But he's like refueling that fire. Of course. In my opinion, what Iger did was worse. Not saying anything. Let's go ahead and let's just, let's just shoot this movie. Let's make a bunch of money here. I don't know, man. I don't like it. The whole thing is weird. But, but it, that's the point. But that's the point. That- Companies are going to make weird moves and you're not going to understand them because you're not in the company. And, you know, human beings make weird moves sometimes. And yeah. also human beings make mistakes. And it... Agreed. So, I don't know. I mean, was he a Nazi sympathizer? It doesn't sound like it. No, I don't think he was. There's, I, I, I can't imagine not. it. No, I can't but imagine But did he it. do business with Nazis? Probably at some point. Oh, absolutely. Factually, so, yes. One hundred percent. Does that make him a sympathizer? I don't know. I think that's that's more of a philosophical question. I know, and I think it's <laughs> I think it's an important question to talk about, especially with Walt and mm-hmm. his legacy. It's it's it, it. He was for all of his his you know broad spectrum thinking. He was very short sighted in how he did business, and I think that showed in how he dealt with his his employees, and. Um, than how he you know did business it, well, it just it, it didn't yeah. he was he was trying to go for profits not the point of whatever the thing is right, right? and so i think he should have said that right. when i talk about the lenny reifenstahl tour it's like he should have said no but he didn't he was one of two people who gave this lady a tour everybody else was like no yeah but he did it still i don't know why well, and so then if, if now now you know that, so just philosophically, you know that about him, right? Mm-hmm. He gave this woman a tour, probably shouldn't have, but did. But you love Walt, right? Does that make you a sympathizer? You know, like it, it can <laughs> snowball very quickly and easily. Or we can go, whoopsie, made a mistake. Right. I don't think people should be judged wholesale based on a couple things. Was it stupid? Yes. Yeah. Should he not have done it? Of course. Is he a bad guy for doing it? No. Questionable judgment? Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but does that tarnish the things that he did? No. Like, do you look at the castle at Disneyland and be like, oh, that's based oh, on a... Oh, that Nazi castle? <laughs> yeah, that's based on a castle oh, that was invaded by the Nazis and yeah, hid Nazi no. gold or, uh, you know, uh, Nazi uh, artwork and gold and stuff that they pillaged from other people? No. Or, or do you just think about Kim Irvine? <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> Um, I was going to do news, but we don't have time. No, we're good. Yeah, we're going to take a break and uh, and uh, hit the get the drink. Come back for the secret show. So, All are right. you going real quick though? Are you yes. going to do this whole thing, the whole yes. story? I'm going to do the whole story. I will good. do it. I'll do it live. I'll just record it, you know, whatever, and I'll probably do it with uh, maybe RGH or you know anybody else who wants to sit in and give feedback, and we can discuss stuff. Um, I mean, not discuss stuff like we're trying to get political and figure stuff out, but it is very interesting. That whole time period in L.A. and Hollywood in the 20s and 30s, super interesting. Cool. It's fascinating to me. So that will I will do it, uh, but it's not going to be pre-produced. It's going to be just this, basically. Okay. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great story. Okay, good. Well, that's that's good. 
Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I know there's probably something I should be talking about, but I don't really know what it is. Uh, go to the website earsup-podcast.com. Leave a leave off a voicemail if you want to. I should have this outro just done by AI so I yeah. don't screw it up all the time. Oh, my God, that'd be um, Go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash earsup. Become a Patreon supporter as little as five bucks a month. You get the secret show, you get Pyramid Out the Ears, and you get all the back stuff, too. And I think that's really the important part. It helps us stay on the air, and uh, it helps us bring content that we can't really bring to the normal feed. And, uh, you know, it's it's a good time. If you want some cool merch, go to uh, etsy.com slash shop slash cover. No, ears up. I changed it. And uh, buy some shirts. Buy some merch. That helps us out as well. Also, don't forget to listen to Bantha Milk and Puny Pod and The Supreme Resort and Scraping the Vault and probably some other things I'm forgetting about. Help us out. All right, oh, uh, sub- subscribe on YouTube. Sub to us on YouTube, please. Yeah. I would love to get a thousand people sub- subbed on over our thing, whatever. That'd be nice. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you in the parks.